Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you here this morning. It's good to be back with you. <clears throat> Carla and I had a good trip to South Carolina to see our son, uh, Seth, and our daughter-in-law, Shay. And so we went to Clemson University and we got in trouble because Carla was filming the football team as they practiced and they told us not to do that, not to go away. But anyway, I guess uh, I guess we looked like we were really scouts or something. I don't know, you know. I didn't think uh, I could fool anybody that much anymore, but anyway. But we're glad to be back. We, uh, as I think most of you know, we had a new uh, granddaughter born uh, Wednesday. Um, Rose, Rosalie Priscilla Ray was born in 954, and uh, she weighed 7 pounds, 15 ounces, and she was 20 inches long. And I'm glad I remembered all that right now, I tell you. But anyway, uh, we're excited for a... And a, a new granddaughter, and uh, and just uh, wanted you to know that. The title of the message today is Ritualistic or Real Religion? Ritualistic or Real Religion? And we're in Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said... Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father For the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, But what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person? Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said, Explain this parable to us. And he said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the proclamation of his word. We know from history and we know from experience that people often do horrific things in the name of religion. Not all religion is good religion. It's also true that people justify evil and do horrific things that truly dishonor Christ in the name of Christ. I'm reading a book right now called uh, by Jamara Tisby called The Color of Compromise, The Truth About America's Church's Complicity in Racism. 
I want to tell you, it's not really a fun book to read. The book discusses how the church in America is uh, actively and passively contributed to the racial divide in, in this country. Religion that is not rooted in the truth of God's word and the love of Christ can often be very dangerous and destructive. Religion that seeks to protect ourselves, our rights, our status, our privilege is pretty much worthless. Religion which comes to, uh, to the Lord with rituals, empty offerings, and empty sacrifice, but doesn't change our lives or cause us to love and care for the hopeless and the helpless all around us is pretty much worthless. Micah 6.8 reminds us of this. <clears throat> trying there it is i went too far right it says with what shall i come before the lord and bow down before the exalted god shall i come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old will the lord be pleased with thousands of rams with ten thousand rivers of oil shall i offer my firstborn for my transgression the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul he showed you O man what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. You see, Jesus did not come to provide us with false religion. Jesus came to provide us with a true relationship to God that changes us from self-centered persons to persons that lead lives of loving God supremely and loving our neighbors as ourselves. In Matthew 15, Jesus boldly confronts a false ritualistic religion that leads to a sickly self-righteousness. From this confrontation with the religious leaders of Jesus' day, we see this timeless truth. True faith in Jesus changes us from the inside out and rejects false and shallow traditions. True faith in Jesus changes us from the inside out and rejects false and shallow traditions. Now, often we don't want to use the term religion uh, as Christians. We've always heard, you know, being a Christian is a relationship, it's not a religion. But the Bible itself uses the term religion. In fact, James 1.27 reminds us of true religion. And it says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You see, true religion, godly religion, true faith in Jesus uh, changes our lives. And all the self-deluding, empty traditions and religious rituals of the world that, that leave us living the wrong way and not loving uh, God and others is simply worthless. So this passage of scripture in Matthew helps us to tell the difference between ritualistic and real religion. There's nothing wrong with rituals in themselves, but rituals that do not come out of the truth of the Word of God and that are just simply meaningless uh, things that we do over and over again, they're not helpful. But it's ritualistic religion that doesn't have any uh, basis in the truth of the Word of God is basically not very good at all, it's, not, it's worthless. So we want to see the difference between ritualistic and real religion. First of all, we see this from Matthew 15. Real religion places God's word above human tradition. Now, we've seen in Matthew as we've gone along, the opposition to Jesus becoming increasingly more hostile, 
in, in, as we go. In Matthew 15, there is opposition coming from the leaders, probably of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, who sent a delegation to kind of check Jesus out and ask him some difficult questions, they thought. The Sanhedrin was the Jewish governing body. They probably sent these scribes and Pharisees because they said they came from Jerusalem. They came to test him uh, and, and ask him this question. They asked him, why do his disciples break the tradition of the elders and not wash their hands when they eat? Now, this is not a question of cleanliness or hygiene. This is a question of adhering to religious traditions. Um, the religious tradition was one where, before eating, to wash off the contamination of the world, uh, water would be poured on your hands from the elbows, uh, uh, I think it's from the fingers to the elbows, in order that you might wash off the contamination that you were exposed to in the world. <coughs> this was not a written tradition. Later on, they wrote these traditions down in what's known as the Mishnah. But it was just a tradition that the elders came up with, that somebody came up with. You wash off the dirtiness of the world before you eat anything and take that into your body. Uh, the Pharisees considered this tradition binding on all good Jews. And, and, and there was a specific way, in fact, that you had to pour the water on your hands. You'd pour it, uh, I think, from the fingertips down, and then it would wash off because you wanted, the, you wanted what touches the food to be clean. So you wanted to wash it from the fingers down off the elbows. Now, even in modern day, when we went to modern day Israel, in many restaurants we went to, there were these uh, places for this kind of ritualistic washing that that Jewish people still do to this day. And so the religious leaders said, why don't you do this? Why don't you carry out this tradition, this man-made rituals? Jesus and his disciples didn't do this. Now remember something else. Jesus hung out with a lot of people that the uh, Jewish leaders considered disreputable. They, they said he hangs out with tax collectors and sinners. And so Jesus hung out with these people. And then he didn't even wash his hands off. And his disciples didn't even wash their hands off to clean uh, themselves from the sinful worldly contact they had. This was the accusation brought against Jesus. Well, Jesus didn't even answer this question. In fact, I bet these people wish they hadn't even asked it. After Jesus said to them and accused them, why do you break the, the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? You see, Jesus made a contrast between the man-made traditions of these leaders with the revelation and truth of the word of God. Jesus said they, they were breaking the commandments of God in order to keep their human tradition. And he gives a specific and condemning example. Jesus says that God commands, honor your father and mother. Whoever reviles his father and mother must be put to death. That's a pretty strong command. That's the truth of the word of God. That's what God's word says. You read the commandments. But Jesus told them they got around this commandment with their tradition. This tradition actually made a loophole for them. The Pharisees would say, if you dedicated something to God, and it's called Corban, some translations even use that word, Corban, that was something dedicated to God, you dedicated it to God, uh, then you didn't 
then you couldn't use that <coughs> to help other people. Uh, it's, it's kind of like if you in your will would say, after I die, part of my estate is going to such and such a cause. But while you're still living, you get to use that part of your estate. You still get to enjoy that. <coughs> well, the Pharisee said, if you said, this is dedicated to God, and it's going to God, you could still use it, but you couldn't use it to help people, and you couldn't even use it to help your parents. <coughs> Instead of taking care and honoring their parents like God commanded, they invoked a vow giving the stuff to God after they use it. And they, and they thought this man-made loophole set them free from God's truth and God's word. They would selfishly use the stuff, the things, the money uh, that they supposedly dedicated to God and they wouldn't help those in need and they would not honor their parents and help their parents the way that God commanded them to do. Jesus said, for the sake of your tradition, you make void, you nullify the word of God. You elevate the self-centered and selfish traditions of man above the word of God. Quite an accusation. Quite an accusation. Then Jesus, for the first time we read in Matthew, he says, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. Now, a hypocrite is a play actor. It's an actor behind a mask. You see, these Pharisees, these scribes, acted like they loved God and loved His law and loved His Word, but they were simply acting and they were putting themselves above God and everyone else. Jesus said, Isaiah prophesied about you. And notice how it's specific. He didn't say Isaiah prophesied about the people of His time. Isaiah prophesied about you. He's talking about you. The Word of God is specific. These people honor me with their lips Uh, But their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me. Not truly, but empty, meaningless ritual. In vain do they worship me. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You see, they didn't... They weren't true to the word of God. Uh, They weren't true to the ways of God. They simply made up the rules uh, and uh, and, uh, made up their own traditions (coughs) and placed human tradition... Above the word of God. You know, sometimes we think, you know, these Pharisees were strict biblicists. You know, we think they knew the Bible in some ways they did. But the truth of the matter is, they were more concerned about the traditions they had around the Bible. They were more concerned about, about what they would call uh, a hedge to keep us from breaking the law. And, and they were not concerned about the meaning of the Bible, about knowing God, about loving God, about truly uh, doing what he says. They placed human tradition above the word of God. A lot of people are like that today, aren't they? You know, you can, you can place human tradition, you can do all kinds of religious kinds of things, but if your life doesn't change, if you don't love God supremely, if you're not caring about those around you who are hopeless and helpless and perishing, if you don't even care enough to take care of your parents, it's a false religion. You see, true faith in Jesus places God's word above all other sources of truth and all other human rituals and traditions. But there's a second way 
that helps us see the difference between ritualistic and real religion, and that's this. Real religion focuses on internal above the external. Real religion focuses on the internal instead of the external. Jesus then turns to the crowd. And this is what he said. He said something that was profound and totally shocking to this crowd and to these leaders. He says it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of his mouth that defiles a person. See, the religion of Jesus' day said you keep yourself holy by what you eat, by what you put in yourself. If you put the wrong foods or other kind of stuff in your body, it defiles you. You know, we as Christians have to be careful with that too. Sometimes we think if we put the wrong stuff in, and I'm not saying don't be careful about what you put in your body or your mind, but we think that's what keeps us holy. That's what keeps us uh, right with God. But Jesus said that's not primarily true. What defiles us, what defiles you, is the evil that is in you that comes out of you. Mark tells us by saying this, Jesus declared all all foods clean. And you see, foods or other things, or even what, what we're exposed to in our culture, does not truly defile us. What defiles us is the evil that is within us. That is not dealt with. The evil that is within us that we haven't confessed and forsaken. Uh, the, uh, what defiles us is a heart that has not been made new by the Holy Spirit. It might not be healthy uh, or good hygiene to eat certain kinds of foods without washing your hands. But it's not going to spiritually defile you. It's not the, in that way destructive for you. <coughs> After Jesus said this, Peter said, the disciples said, "Uh, don't you know the Pharisees were offended by this? Don't you know these Pharisees, these leaders sent from Jerusalem were offended by what you said? Well, of course they were. What Jesus said uh, overturned everything that they held dear and everything that they believed. Those whose religion is built on outward and ritualistic things instead of a heart that loves God and others and is true to his word are going to be offended when their false beliefs are challenged. Peter told Jesus uh, that he made, you made all these powerful people from Jerusalem mad. Maybe Peter was concerned uh, about uh, making these false leaders angry that it might come back on Jesus. And you remember it, basically it did. Jesus was not concerned, though, about making these false religious leaders angry. In fact, he said, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted is going to be rooted up. You remember the story of the tares? You know, the, 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 uh, the parable of the tares. The, the, the farmer planted good seed in the sea in his field, and then the enemy planted tares. He said, he said, let them grow together, but at the end, the tares are going to be torn up. They're going to be rooted out by, uh, by, the, by the harvesters. Jesus said, these guys are going to be rooted out. Every tree that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall in the pit. You see, these people, these Pharisees and scribes, claim to know the way of God and be able to help people know God, but they are blind guides leading the blind. They are not leading people to God. They are leading people to a kind of self-righteousness that leads people away from God. 
In fact, many today claim to know how to help you find God and His ways. They talk about spiritual things and how to be spiritual and how to come, in, come into contact uh, with, the, with the consciousness of the universe or whatever language they use. But they do not teach the exclusivity of, of Jesus, the supremacy of Jesus. They do not teach the truth from the Bible. They simply teach the opinions of men, either past or present. They are blind guides. They are blind guides. They're not leading you to God. They're leading you away from God. We live in a culture that is oversaturated with the spiritual. And people talk about what is spiritual. But I'm telling you, if those so-called spiritual leaders don't lead you to Jesus Christ as the supreme and exclusive Savior of the world, they are leading you the wrong way. They are blind guides. And Jesus was not offended Uh, He's not worried about offending these blind guides. Sometimes we worry so much about offending uh, people that we don't speak God's truth. We worry so much about offending others that we don't speak God's truth. I don't think we should go around purposely offending people, being jerks and being stupid and saying dumb things. I know Christians that actually thought they were doing God's will when they were actually just kind of being... You know, jerks. I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about we, we don't need to be concerned about offending some people because if we're concerned about offending some people, we won't speak the truth to all people that need Jesus and need a Savior and need His love. You see, we need to care for people who do not know Jesus more than we care for the for to, to offend those who hate the truth, who hate people, who deny Jesus and deny His truth. We shouldn't offend to be offensive, but some people we don't need to worry about offending as we speak the truth in love. I remember an old episode of Andy Griffith. Uh, and I, Many of you know I'm kind of an Andy Griffith fan. I've watched him more times than I should, should have as, uh, as, as a person. But uh, one of the episodes... <clears throat> Andy arrests a band leader, um, and and he wants to he arrests his band leader because he wants his band leader to hear his talented friend uh, Jim Lindsay, and so he arrests him. He put him in jail, and he's going to bring his friend in there to play the guitar for this for this band leader. Well, Opie comes in, uh, his son, his little son. He's about six years old, I think. And Opie comes in, and he's there in the jail, and he. He looks at the, at the band leader in the jail and he says, Criminal, why were you arrested? And then the, the band leader says, It's because your dad's a small town hick and he arrested me. Opie then proceeds to kick him in the shin. And Andy tells Opie, Don't kick him in the shin, he might not like us. And then Opie replies with childlike wisdom, Why should we care if a criminal likes us? You know, sometimes we care about, we're so concerned about not offending anyone that we don't realize not speaking the truth can cause real harm to those who need to hear the truth. You see, there are those who oppress and hurt others and, and do evil things, and we should speak the truth in love. Uh, as as we should. We should do it in love always. We shouldn't be uh, angry about it. We shouldn't be hateful about it. 
But we should speak the truth in love even if we're going to offend uh, some people that don't want to hear it. Well, then Peter asked for clarification. He's, and uh, he says, Lord, tell us what this means. And Jesus rebukes him. He said, Peter, by now you should know what this means. You should be able to figure this out. It's not that hard. He says, whatever goes into the body simply passes out of the body as an expelled. Those things uh, that... that uh, these things do not truly mess us up and defile us what, what we put into our body. It's what's in our hearts, the evil that is inside all of us <coughs> that defiles. You see, all of us have evil in us. The Bible tells us we're born in sin. We're born with a sinful and selfish and self-centered nature. And, uh, and that... And that sinful, selfish, and self-centered nature, that which comes out of us is what truly defiles us. And so we need, first of all, we need a changed heart. We need Jesus to save us. We need the Holy Spirit to give us a new heart so we have a heart for God. And then we need to continually make sure the Holy Spirit is in control of our hearts and our lives. And so that we don't live selfishly or self-centeredly uh, we don't live according to our old nature, but we live according to the new nature. What comes out of our evil and self-centered self defile us. And Jesus lists those things. Matthew kind of abbreviates Mark, as we've discovered as we've gone through Matthew. But Mark says what comes out of a man, uh, Jesus says what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, Come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lawlessness, lewdness, envy, slander, folly, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. The source of these evils is the human heart apart from or not being controlled by God's Holy Spirit. It is internal, and that is what we need to be, to be changed by God's power and God's Holy Spirit. We get so worried and so concerned about external influences. And I'm not saying we should be foolish about what we expose ourselves to. And we should, we should not expose ourselves to known temptations. But I'm telling you, just because you protect yourself or your children from outward influences does not mean their hearts are free from evil. I used to tell young people, you know, who were raised in, in youth in Christian homes and in youth groups, you know... And I'm going to date myself with this. I said, you need a new heart just as much as Madonna needs a new heart. You see, we all need a new heart, every human being. And you can expose yourself to no temptation, but you still have an evil heart that needs to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit by receiving Jesus and needs to be controlled by the Holy Spirit so that you will live according to God's ways. We all need a changed heart, a new heart, a heart enlightened by the Word of God. True change does not come from protecting ourselves from the world's temptations or a change in environment or even a change of friends. Those things are important at times. But true change comes when we believe and we're given a new heart and God begins to heal our emotions. God's Word tells us about the unconverted heart. And the heart not controlled by the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked uh, and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We always hear people today say, look inside your heart, trust your heart. 
Well, that's not very good advice if your heart is not converted or enlightened by God's word. You better not trust your unenlightened heart and look to it for guidance. This generation is often led by our emotions and how we feel. And people think how we feel is reality. But no, that's not true. Reality is what God says is reality. And we need to believe His truth and His word and be controlled and changed by God's Holy Spirit. Uh, my sister Judy wrote this. The other day, uh, something I put on Facebook, she, she uh, wrote this. Uh, One profound lesson I have learned in the past few years is that our feelings lie to us. So we must always be in the Word. The Word never lies. I must stay in the Word in order to understand what God's truths are, even when my feelings are all over the place. The Word of God, the Word will discern the thoughts and intentions of my heart. You see, don't trust your emotions. And look to them for guidance. Let God change you from the inside out. Where your minds and emotions are enlightened by the truth of the word of God. And where your minds and emotions are in submission to God's word and his Holy Spirit. True faith realizes that all of us need to be born from above. And then led day by day and moment by moment by God's Holy Spirit. You see real religion focuses on what's on the inside. What comes out of us. And what should be inside of us and not on the external. You see, Jesus didn't come to give us ritualistic religion. He came to give us real religion and true faith. Jesus provides His Holy Spirit that enables us, that the one who enables us to obey God and love others, even when they don't love us. Jesus came to provide us with a true relationship to God that changes us from self-centered persons to persons that lead lives of loving God supremely and loving our neighbors as ourselves. True change in Jesus changes us from the inside out. And false religion... uh, And it rejects false religion and shallow traditions. You know, I don't want to just be outwardly religious. I want God to, to truly have control of my life. I want to see things from His perspective. I want His Word and His Spirit to make me more and more conform to the image of Jesus. Let's pray together. If you're here today in the God has spoken to you about the need for a change, the need to embrace Christ and reject ritualistic religion. If you're here today and you you just need to pray with someone about something, uh, Grace and Dan will be at the back at the end of the service and during our last song to help you uh, and to pray with you and, and if you need anything. Father, I praise you for your love and your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that knowing you is not something that happens to our outer person, but Lord, it's something that happens inside of us where you, your Holy Spirit comes in and he gives us a heart that will love and live for and serve God, a desire to walk with you and serve you and love you. 
We pray that you would just strengthen and bless and watch over and change us into the image of Jesus from the inside out. Lord, help us not to fool ourselves by just going through the motions, but help us, Lord, to truly walk with you, to listen to your voice, to be in your word so that our minds and hearts might be conformed to your truth and we might be obedient to you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.